when it comes to edge, the very first thing that comes to people's mind is delay. Right? That's that's important. That's true. But edge computing actually is much much more uh, broadly beneficial uh, beyond delay. Welcome to HIMSCast. The last few years in health IT and IT more broadly have been about the move to the cloud, but the latest trend in computing is about moving certain functions back to local networks again to improve security and reduce latency. This is called edge computing and it's picking up steam quickly. Here to help teach us about the basics of edge computing is Tao Zhang, manager of the Emerging Network Technologies Working Group at the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST. Welcome to the show, Tao. Thank you very much. And joining us from Healthcare IT News is Executive Editor and Cybersecurity Checkup Writer, Mike Milliard. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Before we jump into it, this podcast is brought to you by Aruba Networks. Aruba is an industry leader in wired, wireless, and security networking solutions for today's experience edge. You can check out more at their website at www.arubanetworks.com. So... Tao, uh, why don't you start us off with just a little bit of an overview? Did I get it right in the intro? What is edge computing and how do you explain it um, to a layman? Yeah, so edge computing basically uh, in the short term, uh, simplest form is to move computing and the computer type of computing you do today in the cloud uh, closer to the edge and closer to the users. And edge could mean different things to different people uh, but uh, moving it closer and closer to the end user so is, is the gist of edge computing. And, but edge computing is important to notice that edge computing is not a standalone technology. Standing up an edge server and doing computing closer to users have been the uh, beginning, starting uh, people have been doing that from the very beginning of computing. Uh, that's nothing new. Uh, actually, people long ago decided that's not the uh, uh, the best form of computing. So that's why we moved toward cloud. So today we're moving back to the edge and with all the growth in the cloud. So it's one of the important uh, thing uh, to consider now is how do you compute at the edge while also leveraging the cloud? Meaning that how do you um, uh, combine the computing capabilities that you push toward the uh, edge and the cloud computing capabilities together uh, to meet sort of a, a wider range of applications. So, so is it sort of a best of both worlds deal? I mean, is it sort of like you get the agility of the cloud, but the <coughs> the quick response time of, of on-prem computing? Is that is that fair to say? Definitely. So, and when did this concept first emerge? Um, you know, obviously cloud migrations have been happening for quite a few years now, uh, especially gaining steam more recently. But um, was it that, you know, this, the headlong rush towards the cloud was perhaps, you know, a bit too much and then they realized it was time to kind of dial it back a bit and, and, and find this kind of middle ground? So edge computing actually started a long time ago. So even in the uh, late 1990s, uh, there was a big push for edge computing and a lot of research, a lot of industry activities. The result out of it was an earlier form of edge computing, more uh, sort of a widely known uh, as a web caching. So 
that the result of that uh, wave of edge computing uh, is the movement of data toward uh, closer toward the edge. Uh, so this is caching of web uh, contents. A lot of web cache, uh, caches, a lot of local servers got stand up. And uh, um, so what is called the content delivery networks um, was uh, widely, widely used uh, over the internet. Uh, ever since the late 1990s. Um, and then uh, after that, you see sort of a, a move uh, toward edge, pushing the computing capability uh, toward the edge. Uh, so you see that happening in different verticals. And especially over the past 10 years, I would say. Uh, and then there wasn't a big uh, uh, breakthrough in the around 2015 time frame. So there was more and more industry realization that cloud computing alone is not going to be adequate to support all the IoT applications that demands local processing, uh, very low latency. Uh, they have a lot of data that has to be pro uh, processed. You just, you cannot ship all of them to the cloud. There's a lot of privacy considerations that actually prevents you from sending a lot of sensitive data uh, to the cloud. So there was an, an, a lot of uh, realization. And that, at that time, there were several major uh, uh, activities. Among them is what is called fog computing. And so fog computing actually, I think, laid uh, the uh, fundamental groundwork for, for the current day edge computing. It promoted the concept of seamlessly distributing computing along the continuum between the cloud and the user. Uh, so it emphasizes that continuum of computing capability as opposed to, uh, for example, in a standalone server at the edge doing computing. Uh, so, so that actually is something that it, that's, is pretty widely accepted now. And if you look at uh, the products from uh, the major players. So let's zoom in on the, the healthcare space as, as much as you're, you're able to. What are some areas in healthcare where edge computing is seeing um, renewed use, especially now? And what are some kind of benefits that it provides um, specifically to healthcare, whether it's sort of about remote patient monitoring or about patient privacy or, or what have you? Yeah. So in, in the healthcare space, so in uh, edge computing in general uh, benefits you a lot when uh, several things happens. Uh, when you need really, really low latency. And uh, when you don't want to rely on a, uh, an unreliable, uh, sort of long distance uh, uh, network connection, when you have a lot of data that you need to process, and not only you need to process them in a timely basis, but you just have sh so much data uh, to process, you generated a lot of data, you need to process them in time, you don't want to send all of them to the cloud because not all the data give you the same type of information and it, uh, they may not even be worth all to be sent uh, <clears throat> to the cloud. To the cloud, you may not even have the capacity to send them uh, in a timely basis. <clears throat> so, and also when you have a lot of privacy considerations. So those are areas where the, the edge computing will help you a lot. And so if you come to the healthcare environment, for example, 
where, wherever you have a lot of data, for example, in the in the more advanced ICU settings, you could have a lot of monitors and advanced monitors. You want them to be analyzed quickly. And especially when you want to apply AI technologies to analyze all, all of those data. Uh, so that can benefit from and computing local capability locally uh, to you. And uh, uh, if you think about emergency uh, handling, uh, so especially emergency handling away from a hospital setting. Um, so you need local uh, capabilities, for example, in the ambulance uh, or, or even on police cars and, and, and so on, uh, first responder vehicles. And, um, and also you could envision that, for example, uh, you uh, in certain places, you have this mobile um, healthcare units that go around and visit uh, 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 patients like elderly and so on. So those could be uh, equipped with uh, local uh, processing capabilities, uh, but of course backed up by the cloud in all of those cases. And, and more advanced, for example, remote surgery. And by remote surgery, you may not necessarily talking about somebody in this country doing surgery uh, of a patient in another country. Uh, but uh, sometimes, uh, and you have those robots that sit in the same room with uh, with the patient, or sometimes it's a little bit further away. Uh, but um, but all of those could benefit uh, from uh, local processing capabilities and local analytics. Could you delve a bit more into perhaps the security um, benefits here? Um, you know, we hear all the time about the major challenges of medical devices and IoT, um, just the, the sheer number of devices, the sheer number of connection points. You know, what, what, does, what does Edge do for, for the security of those devices? Right, so there are two aspects of security when it comes to Edge computing. And uh, on, from a data security perspective, and you, could, you have the option to handle your data locally and so that means the local responsibility of data security will be higher. And um, because your edge uh, server depends on where your edge uh, devices will be uh, and where your edge servers will operate, uh, from, uh, that means that your edge server, may, you, you may have a larger number of them. They may operate in more uh, di uh, diversified environments uh, and those environments may or may not be sort of uh, more vulnerable in terms of uh, uh, physical protections. For example, if you're talking about edge computing on a vehicle, a vehicle goes everywhere and parks everywhere. And <clears throat> so, uh, so from that perspective, you could be looking at an, uh, a broader uh, attack spectrum, uh, attack surface uh, for the edge uh, systems. Uh, on the other hand, um, in other cases, the edge devices, for example, in the hospital setting, will be under more uh, better control of the uh, uh, hospital staff. Uh, and another flip aspect of that, when you have more processing capability deployed at the edge, those higher capabilities could actually help you secure your local system better. And then, for example, the case where all your local systems or your local devices are connected or hooked up to the cloud, which is far away. And because many of the local devices are uh, low power devices, are low processing power devices, they may or may not have uh, sort of sufficient capabilities to protect themselves. So uh, having a better, uh, uh, more capable edge system that can actually help you better secure those systems, for example, 
by deploying local monitoring capabilities, local uh, uh, intrusion detection capabilities, local distributed firewalls, and local responses uh, to the um, uh, to the compromises. And the local responses actually can prove very, very important in this setting. And how do you respond to a uh, compromise or an, uh, uh, a potential compromise uh, in the more uh, critical uh, mission critical system is actually an, uh, an area of a lot of work. And going forward, we need perhaps a lot more uh, capabilities than we have today. So uh, for people who are using edge computing right now, um, do you have any suggestions for, for best practices for security or you know, ways to make sure they're, they're short up as much as they, they can be? Yes, so the, 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 the one thing that I think it's important uh, that is worth maybe repeating uh, is the uh, importance of considering the edge applications uh, together with uh, the cloud-based applications because everybody now uses the cloud and uh, edge computing alone will not give you a full spectrum of your solutions and you very often will have to have both. So, so you, you want to consider uh, how do you balance that and how do you use one to complement another and how do you use the other one to help you uh, both in security and also in other aspects, in, in applications, for example, how do you integrate the two of them? In the end, in the long run, where you do computing will become less and less important and may even be transparent as long as you can meet the goals of the customers. And so, uh, for example, there are uh, um, products out there already that allows the computing to be dynamically sort of uh, distributed uh, along that continuum from the cloud to the, to the things. And wherever that is, uh, that can best uh, satisfy your requirement. And uh, as you can see, uh, uh, should that cause for this close integration between the cloud uh, and edge? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. You know, this all sounds very, you know, useful and promising, and we've talked a lot about the, the good parts of it. What are some of the perhaps uh, challenges of whether uh, with deployment or management of, of edge strategies? Right. So um, when you have edge uh, computing, so you have different business models, uh, you could have been <clears throat> operating and managing those systems by yourself and uh, on your premises. Uh, you could have a third party operating some uh, edge system closer to you. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so um, just like sort of you're getting cloud services, but that's a little further away from you physically. Uh, so it depends on the different uh, type of arrangement and you may end up having more responsibility in handling the system. So especially if you have a system right on your premises and uh, operating it by yourself. And because of the nature of uh, edge computing, you may end up having more of them. For example, if you have multiple um, uh, sites, uh, you may have multiple sort of uh, 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 edge computing systems deployed in multiple sites. You may, so the, the, the management uh, capabilities um, uh, will be uh, required to do that on the uh, part of the customers. So you have a distributed system. So remember why we went to cloud, right? The cloud computing, a major goal is to reduce the burden on the, uh, on the uh, 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 customers. Yeah. So 
so that's there is a balance that needs to be uh, make. Uh, so you need to make a balance between that. Uh, I think that's that's an important uh, yeah aspect to consider. To not lose the advantages of cloud computing, um, and not to fully move back to this local computing like we had before the cloud move in the first place, right? Right, right, right. That's exactly the case. So, do you see edge computing as becoming more commonplace or even ubiquitous as as time goes on? Is that the path that we're on? It's definitely becoming more and more uh, promising. It's definitely becoming more and more uh, widely used. And the industry and, and the consumer space both are recognizing the need for it more and more. And uh, becoming ubiquitous, I think, is an, uh, an important uh, requirement. I wouldn't say requirement. Uh, it's going to be uh, a good thing for uh, the industry and for uh, the customers. Uh, but there will be a lot of hurdles. Uh, that was one of the goals of the uh, Open Fog Consortium that was established in 2015. And so right now, if you look, if you look at how it was developing, it, uh, edge computing was developing in different verticals simultaneously. Uh, so, so one of the most noticeable is uh, the MEC, uh, used to be called Mobile Edge Computing, uh, later called Multi-Access Edge Computing, that was associated with 5G. Um, to uh, introduce fi uh, uh, edge computing to 5G systems. Uh, there were efforts going on to develop edge computing for enterprise systems. There were also uh, efforts going on to develop edge computing for wired telecom systems. So there were a, a wide range of vertical specific uh, edge computing developments. And if you look across the board, they share a lot. So they share a lot in terms of the technologies they use. They share a lot in terms of the functionalities they want to provide. And uh, so there is a lot of common ground uh, for an ubiquitous sort of a standards-based platform uh, to support edge computing for different verticals, for different types of systems and so on. And bringing it back to healthcare just a bit, you know, we've touched upon some of the use cases already at work, you know, IoT and medical devices. What are some applications that you could see, you know, becoming more, you know, dependent on edge or, or, or better, you know, served by, by edge approaches as we, as we look to the future? So the healthcare, we talked about uh, several categories uh, of applications. Uh, the edge computing uh, can be actually more, uh, that's just something that comes to my mind when we talk about uh, healthcare. And uh, edge computing can be very, uh, 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 there was a lot of discussions uh, for edge computing, for example, in other settings like in uh, factory automation, uh, in uh, vehicle, uh, uh, self-driving vehicles and remote driving vehicles uh, and so on. Uh, so it's, the, the application is actually very broad. So just, you know, we're, we are hoping this show is going to be useful for folks who are just starting, getting started with edge computing or maybe folks who haven't heard about it and want to know what it's all about and whether it's, it's right for their organization. So do you have any kind of tips or, or guidelines, um, you know, for folks like that who might be listening? I think deeper understanding of uh, what is available today, uh, edge computing, as we talked about, has been going, uh, has been sort of uh, uh, being studied 
um, by the academia and by the industry for a long, 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 long time. And there was an migration uh, over the past 20 years, uh, but it's picking up a lot of speed over the past five years. I would say a lot of uh, um, sort of a lot of uh, um, conceptual uh, um, uh, concepts have been developed, conceptual models have been developed, uh, use cases have been developed, and also products are available now. Yeah, so quite a number of them actually. Um, so and uh, um, keeping in mind of an end-to-end -end system uh, and, and the need overall, uh, I think is where is a good starting point. And keep and also. Uh, the need to support uh, not just uh, sort of the, the low latencies, but also other uh, uh, applications. For example, one of the first use cases that uh, when I was working in the industry uh, a number of years ago, when we started uh, the uh, edge and fog computing effort, one of the uh, first uh, trials we did um, was for transportation. And uh, the application there, the number one driver wasn't even delay. It was a better integration of all of the other uh, sort of standalone edge systems that people have been developing along the roadsides. And that integration of putting them on the same edge computing platform, uh, so not only delivered the required performance, but also reduce the complexity and reduce the maintenance need uh, of the entire system so drastically. And that was actually considered the number one benefit uh, in addition to sort of uh, 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 the other benefits. So, so that's why sort of I think one of the other things I think it's worthwhile uh, paying attention to is to keep this broader uh, sort of uh, perspective. Because when it comes to edge, the very first thing that comes to people's mind is delay. That's, that's important, that's true, but edge computing actually is much, much more uh, broadly beneficial uh, beyond delay. So we're about ready to wrap up, but um, I wanted to just give you an opportunity to talk about the work you're doing at, at NIST around this, uh, if there's anything um, there that you wanted to, to share you know, about what you're working on. Yeah, so uh, one of the things uh, we are working on in this area uh, is edge AI, or, or more specifically, edge learning. So I think the next wave beyond computing at the edge. So you, you, if you recall, sort of we went through moving the data to the edge, and then we moved computing to the edge, and then we try to integrate them into an end-to-end -end system. So the next wave beyond this to, is to make the edge computing more powerful more powerful by introducing AI to the edge. Introducing to AI to the edge means two categories of things. First, making the edge devices more intelligent. By deploying the AI brains to the, uh, to the edge, the brains can be sort of built somewhere else. For example, today you build those brains or machine learning models in the cloud. And so then in the future, you may not necessarily be able to do that anymore. As we said, data, tremendous amount of data has been created at edge. There's just not going to be practical for you to send all of them to the cloud to train your models, to update your models and so on. So that creates the need for learning from the data directly where the data is created, right on the edge. And so that is what we call edge learning. You, you not only sort of uh, to try to make those edge servers uh, smarter, but you want to learn right there to make it smarter. 
Um, so those learning is actually very different than the way people learn in the in the cloud. There are several very fundamental differences that makes that requires more uh, sort of fundamental methods to be deployed to address those differences uh, when you learn in the edge. That is so interesting, and I'm actually really glad you mentioned that because I can imagine um, applications for that certainly in healthcare in the way that they're using AI uh, as we get on the road. Um, Mike, do you have any final questions for Tao before we uh, say goodbye and sign off? No, except to say thank you. This is very, really exciting. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to watch how this continues to develop with so, you know, healthcare is so dependent now on AI and, and security. You know, I think there's a lot uh, to learn here. So I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to enlighten us. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you about this very, very exciting area. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. And of course, thank you to all of our HIMSCast listeners. Uh, we really appreciate you tuning in and supporting the show. This is the beginning of a three-part podcast series for us, um, along with an associated webinar, uh, looking at these issues around uh, edge computing, um, smart hospitals, uh, security access, uh, service edge, or SASE. Um, so please do keep tuning in. We're going to dive really deep on this stuff. And that's brought to you by Aruba Networks. Again, Aruba Networks is an industry leader in wired, wireless, and security networking solutions for today's Experience Edge, and you can learn more about them at arubanetworks.com. We'll provide some links in the show notes to some coverage that we have around this, um, and uh, we'll also link to some, uh, some stuff that's out there from NIST. So thank you very much, and until next time, keep working on IT innovation.